Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to the Daily Tribe Golden Nugget where we have one goal and that is to inspire you to succeed every single day. Today we are joined by Sudaf. She is a business coach, an entrepreneur and helping so many other Muslim entrepreneurs work with intention and remember God throughout the whole process. She is a mother of triplets if I'm not mistaken and speaks about all aspects of life and how to lead a successful business. So thank you so much for joining me today Sudaf. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So you've been an entrepreneur for some time now and, you know, you've been helping, you know, countless entrepreneurs in their journeys through your community, through socials and on one on one. Many of the ladies listening, you know, are tired of working that nine to five, yet don't truly know, you know, the restrictions of the nine to five, that office job or whatever it may be until they sort of give it up and sort of free themselves from it. What do you feel having experienced, you know, many, many different ways of working um, are the restrictions of working a nine to five that we will feel free from when we give it up? (laughs) Absolutely. I love this question. And my husband always says, like, if you're thinking about entrepreneurship, um, or if you have like a full time job, and you talk to Sadaf, like, you're definitely gonna just you're gonna quit and you're gonna you're gonna go to entrepreneurship because it is like, alhamdulillah, it is very much all about freedom. And it's not freedom from work, because like, you know, I work more than nine to five. Typically, it's just freedom from sort of like the the space that's been created in in the corporate world. So yeah, you get to make as an entrepreneur, you get to make your own schedule, you get to be really flexible, and you really get to put your values at the forefront. Mm. So you're all of a sudden, you're the boss, and you're looking out for your values. So one of my values is being close to my kids right now, like they're, they're super young. And I do I have four year old triplets. So I like being able to work from home so that they're, they're just downstairs with, with the nanny. I have access to them, but also the flexibility of knowing that if someone is ill or if there is, um, you know, a family event coming, I can reschedule my entire calendar to put my family first and Mm. have those values at the forefront. And it's even with faith, like in Ramadan, for example, I'm able to schedule my entire year so that I can take that entire month off of work. And I'm still earning that in that month because of the way that I planned it. Whereas when you're in a corporate job, like, of course, you know, some employers give you flexibility, but you know, there's only so much flexibility they can give you. So entrepreneurship is the best. Join us. (laughs) Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm really, really, really enjoying it as well. I think one of the things that people are sort of maybe scared to go into entrepreneurship is the feeling of like, if it, if I fail, I'm going to have to come back. And that process of sort of going back to not having as much freedom, not having as much flexibility um, would be really, really hard. Have you ever had to turn backwards? I mean, I don't want to say it's about going backwards, but going back into the corporate world or going back to that nine to five. Yeah, I don't think I have um, gone back to the corporate world. And I think the difficult part, um, I don't think it would necessarily be the the nine to five or that grind, because I feel like after going through running your own business, you, you really see what you value and what you need. So I feel like if I went back to a corporate job, I would make sure it was one that was flexible. So I wouldn't have to Mm. wake up whatnot but that's that is coming from like a very privileged perspective I think the ability to have the option to go back to a corporate job is also really privileged so I'm looking at it more as like it's nice that you even have that option yeah Yeah. of course the change would be difficult but if you look at it from the lens of 
gratitude for having sort of like a fallback that is mm. actually a fallback. It's, it's great to get a paycheck from someone else. Right. So, um, <laughs> get it from that lens and always like try to stay in the moment don't think about like 10 years down the road like what if what if what if like if you if you say what if then you're never going to take the leap right so um god will provide everything works out as it's supposed to and and um yeah don't think about that that kind of what if yeah 100 percent. actually a couple of times you know through the tribe podcast we've touched upon that sort of transaction of service or even your time in your own business and paying yourself with money actually paying yourself and I think like women a lot of the time I mean not just women but obviously like you know we're speaking to women today find it difficult to realize that we deserve that I mean it's something that I've suffered with not just in entrepreneurship but you know outside of it as well sort of knowing my worth knowing our worth but yeah I'd love for you just to touch upon that and how critical it really is to take money out for yourself when you are working for yourself even if it's just something small you know absolutely yeah the the main um sort of idea behind like why you need to pay yourself is because you won't continue doing that job with that passion if you're not making money and it doesn't mean like a million dollars a year mm. right it's enough to fulfill some of those extra things that that you'd really like and for me it's more again it's more of the gratitude piece is like of course I've taken a not of course but just so you know I've taken a huge pay cut to um, get into the world of entrepreneurship however the freedom makes up for, you know, the, the dollar, uh, dollars in my bank account that I wasn't using anyway. Yeah. The way I spend my money is different as an entrepreneur, because I know that I've worked for that. And and I think about all of the things that went into it. It, It's, it's a different kind of feeling when, when, you know, like you made this happen, like, (laughs) uh, definitely in the start, it might be a, a bit of a stretch to pay yourself, but even if it's a couple of dollars every month, maybe even if you start with $50 a month and, and you go up from, from there, that's the only way you'll stay in the game that you'll stay consistent and persistent and passionate. Otherwise it's, it's going to be very, very draining. Um, if you're privileged enough to not have to, um, you know, make a certain amount to pay certain bills, then I could see how you would think like, Oh, I'll just keep everything in the business. You're not going to stay yeah. passionate. Not, yeah. Uh, if you're not paying yourself yeah 100% I I mean if I went into details of like the money that I've taken out for myself you'll probably give me a smack a smack on my hand <laughs> but you know I think like more and more you get to the point where I feel so fulfilled like for what I'm doing I love doing it you know and I actually value everyone who's working with Modest Fitness on a regular basis and I really value everybody's time that are giving to the podcast and um, so it's also time for, you know, us as individuals, people that have founded these businesses to value our time as well. Um, so it's really inspirational to see you as an entrepreneur, you know, helping others to speak about that in such a frank but um, graceful yeah. way. So Hamzida. Yeah, I wanted to add something to that too. Um, it's about um, something called generational wealth, which a lot of women of color, people of color, like we don't necessarily have that. I, I live in Canada. So my parents immigrated here. Um, maybe now it's been maybe like 45 years ago. So a long time ago, but 
um, when they came here, like the idea of generational wealth, like it's not a thing, like they didn't have anything. Right. So although I don't like, when I look at my business, I'm not necessarily looking at it when I pay myself, I'm not looking at it as like, I have, you know, X amount of dollars to spend on things I like, like I'm saving, mm-hmm. I'm saving, I'm, I'm investing in a lot of women don't do these things because it's scary, mm-hmm. but I'm really looking forward in terms of trying to create generational wealth for my family, um, with yeah. my spouse as well. But a lot of times women kind of shy away from this because they think their spouse will take care of it or someone else will. And I think it's really important as women to take that opportunity as well. 100%. It's the money that you're using for good. So maybe you're using it for your family, but you're also donating to charity. And, yeah. and that's going to be things that you leave behind after you're gone. Like there's, you know, the only certainty in life is that we are all going to die. Like, what are you leaving behind? So that to me is so much more valuable than, you know, having X amount of dollars in my bank account. I want Mm. to make sure I'm doing enough good in the world so that when I pass away, it's that money is going to continue working for me, whether through my family members or through different charitable uh, projects. And honestly, I find with like, if you are working a corporate job, you can definitely do that too. The passion for me changed when I started working for myself. Yeah. Also, it's like another sense of fulfillment. I feel people can make impacts and leave Sadaqajaria in many ways, but that feeling of like, wow, yeah, I've earned this money and now I can do this with it. I can do that with it. And like the same, I can, you know, I'm not someone of color, like I'm a white British woman, but my parents, when they became Muslim, they left everything. So forget inheritance, forget everything. It was like they completely changed their way of life. And I feel like, yeah, I kind of were like, yeah, I'd love to buy a house for my children or set up their future a little bit more than, you know, perhaps how we experienced, um, you know, childhood things going, growing up. I really was inspired so much by how you take on Ramadan and it, you know, I saw how you bring in like practices during Ramadan and I'd love to ask you, what are some of your favorite morning practices? I know this is like a question people ask a lot because it really sets us up for the rest of the day. Um, So I would love to hear what you like to do in the morning to sort of set you up for that successful, positive and um, momentumous day. Wow. Okay. So my Ramadan morning practices are not um, reflective of my current morning practice. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, my current, um, and I will share my current just because I think more women will kind of be able to re- relate to that is um, I wake up around eight. Uh, my kids come in my room at around seven 30 and wake me up. And then I actually get out of bed around eight. And then um, between eight and nine 30 is when I'm just like, you know, taking a shower or whatever, playing with the kids, cuddling them. And then 9.30 is when I start my mm-hmm. my work with my cup of coffee. So I'm not um, typically an early riser. Um, I am trying to wake up for Fajr, but I'm going to be honest, and that's really a struggle. Oddly enough, I did wake up to pray the Hajjud today, but then fell asleep before Fajr came in. So it's interesting. <laughs> um, but in Ramadan, um, yeah, Ramadan is just so special. And if any of you have experienced it, you are able to do so much more. May Allah help me do all of that and more now. But in Ramadan, my schedule is almost flipped where um, I will stay up um, like uh, from Maghrib until like sunrise the next day. Wow. Um, and during the night is when I do all of my my prayers, um, Dharavi, I will read Quran. I usually have some sort of um, extra goal. So I think this year my goal was to really understand Surah Kaf. So I read a book about it and did notes about it. Um, and then I, I did some morning rituals with uh, Rabatha, which is an amazing uh, organization yeah. for uh, women. 
uh, in Islam. And then um, there's something called the, the word the Latif is like a collection of laws and prayers. I listen to that um, until the sun comes in and the sun rises because there's a lot of blessings in staying up until the sun mm. rises. Um, so those are kind of the rituals there. I definitely create like a very special space. And I, I really think about it as like, I'm, this is my time with my creator. So mm. I dress up in one of my nice prayer outfits. I make sure that I have beautiful scents to attract angels. Um, I set up my space with mm. very welcoming and, and cozy. And um, yeah, I just like, I live for Ramadan. I wish every day it was. Ramadan. <laughs> was Ramadan. So true. And I think yeah. like, you know, that those give us ideas for the rest of the year like and you know I've hear, heard you speak so many times about you know keeping Allah close in your business and keeping your intentions and your values firm how how do you you know for the listeners listening today like how do we keep Allah close while working from home or working on our own business absolutely so for me my one big thing is setting an intention for the sake of Allah so everything from like even chatting with you today from drinking a sip of water from writing down your to-do list if you program your mind to make that intention for the sake of God first before anything else Mm. you will see so many blessings in your life and I'll give an example of washing dishes so washing dishes is such a mundane task or even laundry let's do laundry because everyone hates laundry so the way that you can bring that intentional aspect into your life in, in doing laundry or you know work on your business is to make that intention for God so with laundry you could say something like Uh, God, please allow um, this laundry that I'm doing to wash away my sins, just like you're washing the laundry or, and it's the same for washing dishes. Like as I wash these dishes, please allow my sins to, to wash away for your to-do list for business. You could even say like, as I write this to-do list, let this be a means for me to gaining closeness to you. Mm. Um, And your intention doesn't even have to be related to what you're doing. That's the beauty of Islam. Like your intention could be to learn Arabic even like if it has nothing to do with what you're doing, right? Your intention is with God. Like the angels take that intention and take it up to God. And imagine like all of a sudden your to-do list, your intention is no longer to get work done. Your intention is to get closer to God. Like, of course he's going to bless that work mm, for you, mm. right? So, and, and even reminding that these material things, like we talked about money, like these material things you purchase, your intention can and should also be for the sake of God. So buying that fancy car, it doesn't have to be for like, you know, to show off in front of people. It could be so that this fancy car, every time I look at it, it reminds me of the blessings and mercy of my creator. Mm. And that's something I learned from Muhammad al-Sharif. And that's a way that women can also become more comfortable with the aspect of wealth is remembering that an increase in wealth can also increase your gratitude towards your creator. You just have to be intentional about it. You can definitely go the other way too, but yeah. as long as you're a woman of intention, you, you have, um, you'll have no issue increasing your gratitude with the increase in wealth. Yeah. And there's um, a couple of more things that I wish really want to touch on and get your insights on. Would one be confidence, the idea of confidence and how, you know, when we're starting a new business, there's so many other people, you know, potentially in the same space as us doing the same thing how can we continue feeling that confidence that this is uh, what I'm doing is the right thing that I and that's what I'm meant to be doing and not feel sort of like oh they're doing it too kind of feeling yeah absolutely and everyone gets that feeling by the way and it's completely normal to have that feeling it does humble you like in, mm-hmm. in a, I always look at it like what is God trying to tell me and it's humbling sometimes it makes you reflect so those feelings will always be there but remembering that you're 
you're not in control. Like Alessandra is in control. God is controlling everything. So he's given you a talent and he's given you a purpose. So you kind of stepping into that purpose is his plan for you. Um, and you can spend that time, you know, thinking about others and, and questioning yourself, or you could step into your God-given purpose and just go for it and know that like every setback is from him. Every success is from him. Like it, it's kind of like that Hadith about tying your, your camel, but right. then, um, you know, doing your thing as well is like, yeah, you put your faith in God, but you do have to take action mm. and inaction is not blessed. Like your inaction is only blessed if it's like, you know, preventing you from doing something bad, but you, you, you make the law, you pray for, for what it is you're going for, but you, you know, that every result or lack of results is from God. It really takes that pressure off of you. And that's how you gain confidence is it. Confidence is really like, having the having faith in, in God, knowing that whatever outcome you get is not because of something you did or didn't do. I always hear people say like, if only I posted more on Instagram, if only I sent more emails, if only I did this for my kids, if only I uh, read more Quran, like, no, like everything that happened was supposed to happen. And you can make those changes and, and, you know, you know, fix your habits, but everything that will happen is also meant to happen. So yeah. Like stop the blame game and just step into your God-given purpose. You know, inside those feelings that you have inside the voice in your brain, like that's God telling you like, do, do this thing, try this thing. So yeah, I don't 100%. know if that answers that. <laughs> no, it definitely does because, you know, we can really have so much doubts about what we're doing and if it's having a positive impact. Um, but like you said, if it feels right and um you feel I've you know feel fulfilled and passionate about it then you should just continue there's like one last thing that I really wanted to get of your insights in because I know it's something that you've spoken about before about and it actually ties into a lot of the things that we speak about boundaries and you know having that mindset of being like no this is important like what I'm doing now is important my fitness is important my self-care is important delegating delegating tasks and how as women can we even start delegating Wow. I'm the queen of delegation. So it's yeah. a great queen question. Delegation. Um, and I think it does, uh, it, it pairs well with the previous question. A lot of it has to do with the confidence, um, the confidence that you're doing the, the right thing, the right thing for yourself, because a lot of women don't delegate because they feel judged. They feel that independence is a badge of honor. And I'm here to tell you that independence is not a badge of honor. It's actually a trauma response. Perhaps you were like, you grew up in a way and you felt that you had to do everything for yourself to feel mm -hmm. Um, to be fulfilled or, or to be, you know, um, successful or whatnot. And that's not true. Um, the most successful people in the world have like teams of people helping them. Um, I have a nanny, I have a babysitter on the weekends. I have my meals are prepped and we have them delivered. I hardly ever cook. My laundry gets done. Like I'm unable to do what I'm doing without that help, without delegating. And I have uh, staff as well. Um, I think you have to let go of judgment and, and that's easy for me to say, but not easy to do. So literally like probably going to therapy and helping getting some help with letting go of those feelings of judgment and setting those boundaries with the people close to you, like letting them know that I, the only way I'm going to be able to do this and, yeah. and be happy is if I get some, some help. And then the second part of it is the buckle, having faith in God, knowing that if somebody else is watching my kids, they're going to be okay. Mm. Like um, they're, they're going to be safe. 
just like when you send them to school, like if you have a babysitter, like Allah's the one who's actually taking care of them. Or, you know, if I delegate this posting on Instagram to a social media manager, you know, a lot of people think like they're not going to do a good enough job. It's not going to sound like, sound like me. You have to let go, like have yeah. faith going to turn out. If you try to micromanage everything, it's not a problem of like, you don't have a problem delegating. It's a problem of the wako. Like mm. you're, you're not able to put your faith hundred percent in God. And that's really where, where you would start. And I mean, I talked about therapy as one method. Another thing is like making sure you pray on time. This is me missing Fajr this morning, but uh, making sure you start praying your prayers on time. That's like a surefire way to start increasing your tawakkul. Inshallah, may Allah give us all success in increasing our tawakkul, praying on time and also with our endeavors, whether it's business related or whether it's, you know, other goals that we have in our lives. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to actually sit down, have a conversation. I've been following you for so long and, um, you know, you've been giving us so many golden nuggets, as we like to call them, over the months and years that I've been following you. Um, Please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and what you um, offer. Great. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at Salam Sadab. If you're listening to this, by the way, send me a DM. I'd love to chat um, about what your biggest takeaway was. Uh, in terms of what I do, I have a membership called Intention Membership and I offer business coaching. So if you go over to my Instagram page, you can learn more about that. Thank you so much. And please, please do go over and let um, Sadaf know about what you've learned in this podcast. I know I've taken so much away from it. Thank you so much. You are going to help my endeavors, my projects and my business, inshallah. And I look forward to speaking to you really soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So I hope you got as much value out of today's golden nugget as I did. Remember, we are here to inspire you to succeed every single day. So be sure to tune in daily, whether you're in bed, driving in the car or relaxing after your workout. Listen to these amazing women in our community who are absolutely smashing it. Be inspired, learn from them, make those connections, build momentum to succeed in everything that you do. And most of all, have fun whilst you're doing it, because that's what it's all about. And I'll see you all tomorrow.